with clean work area. And uh, I have you on because uh, somewhat recently you got in a little bit of a, uh, a row with my friend, uh, crowdfunded government, uh, who I had on somewhat recently as well, uh -huh. uh, <laughs> to talk about uh, why the LP isn't a worthwhile endeavor. Um, and well, you are uh, of, the, of the opposite opinion. So uh, I was hoping to hear some, uh, let's say, some, some original arguments that I haven't heard before as to why one should engage with the LP. Uh, okay. Because, yeah, me and, and some of my, let's say, in-group have been arguing with people on Twitter, but we haven't really heard anything new. So I, I was like, well, you know, I'll just invite someone on for, for some real talk. Uh -huh. And maybe we'll we'll actually hear something new or get somewhere. Uh, well, I'm glad you did. And and before we get into it, I, I just want to say, like, I'm not on any kind of a crusade to get people such as yourself to mm -hmm. have to pledge any sort of fealty to the Libertarian Party. If if somebody doesn't want to support it, like I, I get that, man. I'm a hundred percent on board with that, and I support you for wanting to not support the LP. It's when people go out of, right. out of their way, like crowdfunding government did with me, uh -huh. to uh, kind of poke the bear and and just you know antagonize people. I just I don't see the value in that at all. Um, you know, there's a conversation to be had here. Uh, there's discourse mm -hmm. to be had, and uh, that's not going to happen with trolling each other online. Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, the way I see it is that uh, trying to have actual discourse on Twitter is a lost cause. Uh, so you should be there purely for your own entertainment uh, and to troll people. Uh, that's what I do, and I I am, I am highly entertained daily uh, by Twitter. <laughs> right, right. I mean, uh, and, and there is there's plenty of room for that on there. I I, I will say, uh, I I have had some really productive conversations on Twitter. Believe it or not, um, it's also been an avenue for me to get connected with people in my local area who maybe haven't right. found where I'm at prior to that. Um, we've actually had quite a few people come in from Twitter to our local events and hang out with us, and it's been pretty cool seeing that happen. You know. Um, granted the likelihood of that happening, if I was just on Twitter to talk shit, uh, probably wouldn't happen, you know? So <laughs> I, and I, it gets away from me, man. It's just, it's really easy to do. Like we all do that. Yes. We all get on there. Uh, the, the anonymity factor is just, and that plays, plays tricks with you. And you want to talk a little shit every now and again, but, um, as long as I keep it kind of, kind of at home, you know, where, where I, where I feel mm -hmm. comfortable being, and that is, you know, principled where, where I believe that, that this is a, a worthwhile thing to, uh, undertake, then I, I have a pretty good chance on at least having a conversation with somebody. Yeah. So, uh, I think that's, um, where you, where, where the two of us differ slightly. And where you actually have more in common with crowdfunded government than me. Uh, so you both kind of fundamentally rest on a fairly principled take of things uh, with with different ideas of how to achieve your goals. Um, and I'm just like, we should hit the reset button and nuke the world twice over uh, and start again. Because, fuck right. it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I get that, man. It, it gets... Um... 
and and here's the thing, man. And and I tried to maintain this mentality is that like I am not so dug in in any one particular stance that I have in my life today that it can't change next week. If I'm given evidence to the contrary that anything that I believe today isn't worth believing, rest assured that I will be re-examining that and and changing course and direction. Um, the LP is no exception. So all right. That being said, you know, like that it, it, you very well could be next year that I'm not um, as involved as yeah. I am today. But yeah. for the time being, I, I believe that I'm I'm where I'm supposed to be. All right. Well, so let me put uh, a somewhat similar disclaimer out there. So I am not having you on to uh, for me to prove the point that the LP is not worthwhile nor to convince you of such or to convince anyone really of such a thing. Um, my goal is somewhat similar to what I did with uh, crowdfunded government. So he had an idea he wanted to talk about uh, and I really just want to understand that idea and see if I can um, kind of put it through my own brain uh, and then hopefully... Uh, bring it to my listeners in a in a way that they will uh, understand and, and find some sort of value in as well. Um, so, yeah, we're not here for some sort of debate. Uh, I, I'm just going to ask you a few questions and see if I understand your points, and then hopefully we'll feel about an hour. Okay. Uh, Sounds good to me, man. Yeah, that's roughly where I stand. So, uh, if... Uh, so you recommended me an episode when we first talked and I yes. listened to it. And uh, if I understand correctly, you are currently uh, actively involved in your local libertarian party. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, I am uh, for the Oklahoma Libertarian Party. I am the membership director for the state, uh, for the region. I am chair of the central Oklahoma LP, and I am also an at-large member for the Canadian County LP. So I am involved at all three levels of the um, of the structure there here in the state of Oklahoma. All right. I'm not entirely familiar with the uh, American topography, but isn't Oklahoma quite far removed from Canada? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma is, uh, you know where Texas is, right? Yes. We're the state, we're the state right above Texas. So Ah, that's, that's where we are. How does a man that lives right above Texas get involved in the Canadian uh, county uh, uh, LP? (laughs) There is a, uh, there is a river that goes through Oklahoma called the North Canadian river. And Ah, I'm, (laughs) I'm not up on my history lessons, but I'm pretty sure that that's where the Canadian County thing came from. But if you really want to blow your mind in in Canadian County, actually in the city that I reside in, in Oklahoma, Yukon, Oklahoma, we have a Czechoslovakia festival every year. So we have a County named (laughs) after Canada. We have a Czech festival and uh, yeah, we're just a melting pot of crazy shit. You wouldn't expect to find in the heartland of America. So that's what we got going on. Fuck. I might need to move to Oklahoma. Come on, man. Come on with it. Yeah. Well, money is a little bit of a factor. Um. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fucking I get that. I get that, buddy. <laughs> All right. So, um, 
what is it in your opinion that uh, makes it more worthwhile um, to uh, essentially uh, be an activist for the LP or a member or, or organizer for the LP um, as opposed to um, being a, a an active member for a Republican or Democrat party that runs under a, a liberty message. I will um, I, I will kind of give a, a brief little something before I get into this answer. And that is right. that whenever I discuss Libertarian Party uh, benefits, I am talking specifically about local affiliates, mean, meaning the state level and below, because that is the level of the party which drew me in. Um, mm -hmm. I never once looked at the national party and was like, shit, I want to get involved. It was the state party that really drew me in and kind of helped me uh, define some of my beliefs. So having said that, um, hearing, like I said, I'm, I'm a member of the Canadian County LP. There is a, uh, the Canadian County GOP was something that I was really looking at there for a while. Um, okay. that, that's, that's the, you know, Republican affiliate. And at the time, the sitting committee, the board, the officers of the uh, affiliate were pretty radical. Um, they were talking about defunding the educational system. They were talking about, you know, taxation is theft, getting rid of the property taxes. They actually made a resolution that made it all the way to the national stage. Um, oh, yeah, it made it made national headlines. And here's what happened. So it was like, wow, these these this is something I can get behind. Like I'm really digging this idea of you know minimizing government for once coming out of a Republican camp. And within a matter of months, um, the state party GOP had, had kind of gotten together enough people who lived in the County to usurp that sitting board of officers. So once it came time for their convention to roll around, more or less a coup happened and every single one of those members was ousted and milk toast type uh, replacements were, were set in, set into place. All so right. that, that was kind of, for me, a lesson in, okay, that's not going to be able to be allowed. Like you can't go to an old party talking a new message and expect anything good to happen. Right. And, and so I started paying attention to kind of like, okay, well, what's the Oklahoma LP looking like? And they had a, um, they had a, they had their own little XCOM committee is what they called it, the executive committee. And I actually went and sat in on it and sort of talking to them. Mm -hmm. And it became really obvious to me that if I was going to be able to support anybody or anything that actually had a chance of being different, this is the only avenue that it's going to happen in. And right. if, if, if it's a Democrat or, you know, a DNC affiliate or a GOP affiliate, it's going to continue being, you know, pushed out. Like, you know, look at Tulsi Gabbard, look at Ron Paul, look mm -hmm. at any voice that, that, that strays from the norm. Um, it, it's not going to be allowed on that level, but you know, in the LP, there is a shot at it and there is a chance. So mm -hmm. for me, um, that's why I believe in a libertarian party, as opposed to trying to stand out in a duopoly party. Okay. Um, so this argument to bring up Ron Paul, amongst others, mm -hmm. and this is uh, 
to me one of the more interesting arguments because um, Ron Paul, I think, is is from what I'm hearing left and right from Americans, uh, one of the people that is most responsible for spreading the message of liberty and convincing people to well become libertarians. Essentially, it's a bit more complicated than that, of course, but right. roughly like he he was the cause of most people's um, uh, uh, how do I say it? Most people's transformation uh, into becoming libertarians. However, um, if I understand correctly, he reached the most people uh, participating in a debate uh, of the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. Uh, like once he became uh, a, an LP member or ran under the Libertarian Party flag, he reached libertarians who were already with the LP, but well, not really any new people. Right. So, yeah, that makes me wonder why, why then not just run a, a liberty message under uh, a rep or a dem banner, because at least you stand some chance of getting on, say, the debate stage. That that is understandable on a national scale, and and when I brought up yeah. Tulsi and I brought up Ron, that was just kind of to further the the case I made for not being able to stand out um, and be allowed to stand out by the cathedral in a duopoly party. Yes. Um, so when it comes to the national debate stage, absolutely, Ron Paul did a great service to the Liberty Message by running on a platform and under a banner which would be allowed uh, through the media. So here's where, um, and I, okay, I'm voting Joe Jorgensen. I mean, that's, that's a, a, a no brainer. Uh, I'm voting for mm-hmm. Joe because I do believe that if she wins the election, that it would be a better, uh, scenario for everybody who had voted her in. I believe that she would do great things policy wise, but let's be real. She's not going to fucking win the election. It's not going to happen. Yes. Here's where I believe that we have to play national politics, and that is because of ballot access requirements. Um, so so for, for me, I see the value of the Libertarian Party being on a local level, um, bringing up kind of what we've been seeing here. And I don't know how it's been where you are. I, I'm not I'm. 100% ignorant to geopolitics. I'm sorry, buddy. But, you know, like here, um, our daily lives are affected so much more by our city council members, by our mayors, by our governors, by state and, and municipal officials. That is right. who really changes what goes on in our day-to-day lives and, and will either, you know, help us or hurt us. And especially with this latest, you know, pandemic thing that we've seen, the mask mandates and the uh, lockdowns all came from a local level. So for me, Mm -hmm. the LP shines through as an ability to change those types of situations to change. Who do we have in the city council? Who's the mayor held? There's even libertarian sheriff candidates. Like who would have thought that you'd see that shit, but you've, you, you, you see these people that are like actually stepping up to the plate who wouldn't be able to do so. Um, 
under under a GOP or DNC banner, uh, you know, they would be they would be laughed out of the room and and so on and so forth. So the only way that those city council uh, candidates, those mayors, those those sheriffs and so on and so forth can run as anything but an independent, which, you know, the LP has proven that like, look, you know, we can pull our resources together. There's actually money that that's able to be put forth via membership dues on a state and local level and the national level to kind of help campaigns out. And, but the only way that those people can still show up on the ballot is if the libertarians show up in the general election and vote for the president. I mean, that's just one of those things that we have to play. We have to vote for Joe in order to keep it. So that way, when 2022 rolls around, we'll still have a spot on the ballot. So, you know, um, that's for me, whenever, especially whenever I'm talking to somebody who's like saying, oh, a vote for Joe is a, is a vote for Trump or, or a, a vote for Jorgensen is a vote for Biden, you know, um, wait, that, that whole wait a second there. You dropped out for uh, a oh, did seconds. I? Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, I can hear you now. So you were at, at not losing ballot access. Yeah, not that losing ballot last, access. Uh, last thing I got. Okay. Um, the, essentially just saying that the, the purpose for voting for the LP presidential candidate goes a lot more than just voting for who you believe would be the best fit in office. It also goes to help secure right. ballot access for the next election that rolls around. So, you know, in, in November, libertarians have to secure X amount of the vote and that X will change, uh, with each state, you know, for, for Oklahoma, we're fortunate because we had a really great, um, gubernatorial candidate who ran, we had a couple of really great gubernatorial candidates who ran in 2018, but Chris Powell secured enough of the vote that we're, we're solid. I think it's until 2022, but, um, Mm -hmm. Currently with this year, we have Todd Hagopian, uh, you know him as Libertarian in Chief on Twitter. Yep. Uh, he's running for a statewide office for Corporation Commission, uh, and he stands to really right. win that one. Um, we've also got Greg Sadler. He's running against, uh, I believe it's Jim Enhoff. Um, we've we've got a couple of other people on, on more localized elections, too that um, we're going to probably push that 2022 clear to 2024 with this election. But in other states, um, like you saw in New Hampshire and uh, a couple other places, they actually had to gather signatures just to get Joe Jorgensen on the petition or on the Mm -hmm. ballot. So if in those states, and they, they, they succeeded, if in those states nobody shows up and votes for Joe, guess what happens in 2022? They're going to have to do that shit all over again just to get their preferred gubernatorial candidate or, you know, whoever onto the ballot there under the LP. Yeah, so uh, if I'm understanding right what you're saying, you're basically saying that we, well, you, need to have a presidential candidate to have um, a uh, a, a libertarian candidate of some sort on a ballot more locally. Correct. Like a national candidate. Yeah, okay. And this national candidate needs to have an X amount of votes every year to still be uh, viable for the ballot next year. Correct. So right. our 
our, our midterms, you know, midterm elections happen every two years. There's a major election, right? So okay. this year it's the general election. We're going to vote for, you know, president. We're going to vote for, you know, a couple other state run offices. Well, in 2022, we're going to be voting for our governors and we're going to be voting for, exactly. you know, yeah. localized elections. So looking forward to the next election, we're really hoping that we can secure enough of, of, uh, the uh, total number of ballots this year to where we don't really, we can focus more on actual campaigning and, and pushing candidates through rather than sweating bullets in regards to ballot access, because it is an ongoing battle and it's taken ungodly amounts of money and ungodly amounts of time, uh, millions of signatures. And, you know, it's, it's an ongoing battle in some places, unfortunately, but in a nutshell, and dude, look, I, I'm not a political uh, science major. You know, I've never <laughs> been to college, bro. Like, I, I, I drive a concrete truck for a living. You know, like this is just something. <laughs> this is just something I really believe in. And if I've gotten some of that a little bit wrong, like I apologize. I'm not trying to be the. I, I don't claim to be the the all knowing of all knowing, but I, we do have some really great people in my local party. Uh, one of them, one of them is, uh, I, uh, I tell people to do pushups for a living. So I'm, uh, I'm yeah. much more informed on politics than you. So, right. Well, we, <laughs> one thing we do have going for us out here in Oklahoma is we have uh, D Frank Robinson. That's one of the founders of the libertarian party. Uh, and he's, he's, he's actually on, the uh, judicial committee for the national party. And he's also very involved with with state uh, XCOM stuff. So we've got some good direction. So D Frank, if you're listening, I'm sorry, buddy, if I got to hit that wrong, <laughs> I'm trying, man. That guy must be old as fuck. He's, I mean, he's the- up there, man, but you know what? He don't act like it. That dude, that dude is, he's on his toes, man. He'll keep you on yours too. Shit. Like he's sharp. Shit. Well, I mean, I guess recent events teach us that he should be careful with uh, with live streaming. Oh man, that was terrible. That was bad, man. That was bad. I'm so glad, uh, Doctor Doctor Paul's okay. Yeah, yeah. As am I. Uh, I had a good time pissing some people off uh, in the wake of that. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was an ample opportunity for trolling. I will give you that. Like it, it definitely was there. <laughs> Oh man. Um sometimes I think I'm a bad human being, but then I remember I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Life's too short, man. Life's too short. <laughs> exactly. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. There you go. Um <laughs> Fuck me. All right. Back to the topic at hand. Okay. Um <laughs> So uh Let's see, you have um, uh, several old men who are running the Libertarian Party, which differentiated it not much from uh, the Dems and the Reps. Uh, <laughs> um, well, that might be a bit of a low blow, but anyway, uh, how do you uh, estimate the, the chances of local Libertarian candidates? Because I've been following uh, Gopian for a while as well and I know he's been trying to get elected to well some things here and there 
uh-huh. under a libertarian banner uh, without very much success. So how successful is the libertarian party uh, on a local level? Um, here in Oklahoma, um, it, it, it's here's the thing. We've been we've been winning arguments and losing elections for quite some time now. Uh, the Libertarian okay. Party is not known for successful campaigning, but there is uh, over 230 elected Libertarians in the nation currently. Um, a handful of those are here in Oklahoma. We have our state party chair, uh, Mr. Chad Williams. He's actually a city council member in Choctaw, uh, as well as Chris Powell. He's a city council member in Bethany. And, um, we've seen a couple of people that are on the school board. We've seen a couple of people who've, uh, gotten into, I believe County commissioner, uh, positions. So it's been a little bit at a time, man. And, and here's the thing. It's not always about like, um, it's not always about winning the election. Sometimes it's about even having a candidate to run at all. Um, Mm -hmm. you get, you get a lot more people who are willing to show up and, you know, knock on doors and help a existing campaign. But when you try to talk somebody into actually running, especially (laughs) with the party that eh, haven't had a whole lot of success, that's a tough sell. But, um, we, we are starting to see, um, a progression as far as like the amount of people who are willing to do so. Um, this year we've got a lot of really great candidates. Todd is especially one of them. Uh, Greg Sadler is another Mm -hmm. one he's running out for Senate. And, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to both of those races, uh, having favorable results in the polls. So, all right. I'm I'm not going to say a hundred percent one way or the other, but I, I will tell you that that every from what I've read and what I've studied, every two years the Libertarian Party is gaining momentum. We're getting okay. more of the vote totals. So there's something to be found in that, I believe. I think that's interesting. So I uh I did a, a quick Google search on how many elected polit- uh officials there are in total. Uh-huh. In the U.S., so you said there's about 250 libertarians, right? I I believe that could very well be wrong, man. I I thought right. I read something. All right, I, because I think I've heard that figure before somewhere. Um, although it, it might have been your podcast. Uh, so, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, there are uh, and hold on to your ass. There are 519,682. Uh, elected officials in total in the USA. Uh-huh. So, um, I mean, 250 people is a lot, but it's um, uh, uh, what we call in Dutch a druppel op a gloeiende plaat. It's uh, a drip on a on a glowing hot uh, plate. Uh huh. It's not. I mean, it's it's not even a single percent. So. To give you an impression, uh, there's about 537 of these elected officials are federal. That's about 0.1%. So the amount of elected libertarian officials throughout the entire USA is about 0.05%, um, which is, I would say, for a party that has a that has been uh, in the running for 50 years, not a staggeringly high success rate. 
Absolutely. You'd also have to take a look at like, how long has it taken us to get on the ballot in all 50 states? How long has it taken us to get to the place to where we're actually posing a threat in the polls? Because that's what's happening right. now. Uh, in that interview that I had with Rex, like he brought up a really good point as well, is that it's not always about the the election being won, but it's also about like pushing the other two parties to actually walk a certain line. You know, when Rex and Chris were making so much noise in 2018, what you saw out of the other two parties was like that their stances started to change a little bit. They saw that, okay, they're actually getting some mm -hmm. attention. These people are getting votes. Uh, maybe we need to start paying attention to what their constituents are wanting. And that's kind of right. what, what we've been seeing happen. So like, I wasn't ever going to come on this podcast and be able to tell you that the Libertarian Party is succeeding wholeheartedly because I can't. Obviously, I can't. Mm -hmm. But one yes. thing I can tell you is that a, a progressive move is being made to, if nothing else, change things that are happening on a local level. I mentioned to you that uh, Chad Williams is the chair of the state party and he was he's a sitting council member. Well, mm -hmm. when the pandemic came, you know, came around and the mask mandates and all that, he was the lone voice of reason on that council right. board that was saying, no, we are not going to push a mask mandate. No, we are not going to allow lockdowns like that. Maybe for, for other people, they can look at like, Oh, 0 0.0 or, you know, 0.005% or however much you said, but I can guarantee you that the residents in Choctaw were wholeheartedly glad that Chad Williams was a libertarian and he was where he, where he is. And they're glad mm -hmm. that they voted for him. So, you know, as a whole, we can't, I, I I'm not going to be able to tell you that on a national level, like the LPs, like doing wonderful, wonderful shit. But I can tell you on the local level, like it's, it's, there's evidence that the LP has been a uh, successful endeavor and that it will continue right. to do so. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, um, uh, a pretty clear argument. Um, at least to me. So I wouldn't, by definition, I, I agree with it, but I see where you're coming from. I see what you're arguing. Um, and it's certainly not unreasonable to me. Um, here's the thing. I'm wondering. Uh, so the, the main thing that I take away, and correct me if I'm wrong, from what you're saying is that essentially, uh, especially at a, a very small local level, the LP helps shift the overtune window. So they kind of through being there and through pushing their message, they uh, almost forced Dems and Reps' hand to um, sell a more libertarian message as well. Correct. All right. Correct. So I'll give you another example just real quick. Yes. I'll give you another example. Sure. So yes, here, here, in, here in Canadian County, like Oklahoma, this is in, in the United States, this is known as the Bible Belt. Okay. This is where, mm -hmm. you know, like the Southern Baptist mentality, it, it just reigns supreme. And like in, in Oklahoma, we just recently made it to where you can sell higher than 3.2% beer in, in grocery stores. Like we just oh, recently, yeah, like it's been, it has been back in the day and still how it is here in Canadian County is you can't sell liquor on Sundays. 
No shit. And you can't, you can't sell um, liquor by the drink until after two o'clock on Sundays because no shit, the laws were written. So that way people weren't showing up to church drunk. So there's laws on the books now today here where I live that are directly affected by like old school, you know, rhetoric from yesteryear. So the Canadian County Libertarian Party, what we've done is actually made, we've got a petition circulating to challenge that and to, to force the commissioners of the county to hold a special election to allow liquor sales on Sunday by the drink Mm -hmm. and in liquor stores. So, you know, that, that's another area where, you know, as a party, we are able to do good. If we were to take this to the DNC affiliate here in the county or the GOP affiliate, there's not a chance in hell. You know, that's who the yeah. commissioners are that are already in this county. There's uh, Republican and Democrat commissioners, and they wouldn't want even listen to us for a second. So by having our own party, by being able to circulate this, you know, it's in the paper. We've got all the uh, we've gotten several restaurants and bars that are on board with it, and we're making some noise, right. and we're going to force this issue. So that's another area where we are making a difference where we couldn't do so any other way. All right, um, man, that's a, a lot of information at one time. So let me. Sorry, me that. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, as I said, I tell people to do push-ups for a living, so I'm not. <laughs> uh, that fast in in uh, working through information. Okay. <laughs> um, so my first takeaway from this is that I might not need to move to Oklahoma. Uh, I may <laughs> yeah. need to look for another state because I've been drinking Maker's Mark uh, all this time. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I uh, I like my drugs. <laughs> hey man, I, and I like that you like your drugs. So there you go. Wow, there we are. Um, it's good for the economy. I've I've been told. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. At least I'd like to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I am keeping my local drug dealer. Uh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm paying his rent. Uh, right. <laughs> Putting his kids through college, shit like that. Exactly. I feel <laughs> yes. you. I understand. Um. But. Uh, here's what I wonder, um, because the things that you're mentioning are good, clearly, uh, like you're, you're clearly having a, a positive in, uh, influence, uh, on the, the general community. However, if I understand correctly, your argument would be that you need your own party because you couldn't really run this kind of message under a Republican or Democrat banner because it would just get, get uh, shut down from, uh, well, well, from higher offices, essentially. Yes, 100%. Okay. I've, I've seen it firsthand. Like that, that, that is 100% how it's gone down in this exact county that I reside in. Mm-hmm. All right, well. And that's the podcast. We'll stop recording. Give me all your plugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I wish it could be that simple. I mean, I, I don't know if, if 
that translates well across the nation. I would imagine that it does because it mm -hmm. kind of, here's how it works, man. It's kind of like a good old boy system. So, you know, people grow up in a County, that County affiliate pushes them to a state level. That state level then pushes them to a national level. And before you know it, you got national candidates and they're on committees and they're, they're, you know, greasing palms and bumping elbows and all this shit. And it's a power structure, man. And this power structure yeah. thrives on the government continuing to grow the money continuing to come in to whatever the case may be, be it, you know, through fines and fees, through taxes, through this, through that, who gives a shit? It, it just continues mm -hmm. to progress. And so if you have, if you're a person or a candidate and you are talking about doing the opposite of that and actually taking away money from the monster, you're not going to be met with a lot of warm hugs and, and, you know, high fives. Like you're going to be, fucking removed pretty quickly and um so you know that's kind of where removal anyone <laughs> yeah 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 i mean it, it, i i wish that i could explain what i saw go down at that county gop convention uh, accurately i can't i watched the live stream i wasn't able to be there but uh, i it was a pretty impressive undertaking to watch an entire executive committee for a county affiliate be removed in, in a single setting and just business ended. That was it. And just like that, the entire direction of the county affiliate was going another way. You know, it stopped yeah. dead on its tracks and no more waves being made out here at all from that affiliate. No more resolutions that are making national headlines. Now it's just milk toast bullshit. Keep the people paying, keep the candidates coming in and going and yeah. Good old boy system, man. Yeah. So, uh, I wonder how much, um, how much success would one have as a libertarian if you kind of run entryist politics? So uh, I'm thinking of, uh, well, let's take AOC for an example, mm -hmm. everyone's favorite uh, big titted socialist. Um, <laughs> God, I want to see those. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, different story. <laughs> For when my wife AOC listens to this, no comment. No comment, honey. I did not comment on that at all. <laughs> AOC OnlyFans win. <laughs> ah, shit. That's fucking great. <laughs> they are indeed pretty fucking great. Uh -huh. Um <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh i mean the democrats as i see them are uh basically just like neo neolib shit lips yeah uh, like they're they're spineless unprincipled assholes that are run uh just like the republicans uh by raytheon and and uh well i mean you name it uh them uh, yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. To, to be a little uh, <laughs> suspect with our language, um, so uh, but apparently uh, the AOCs and to some extent Bernie as well, uh, who run on a heavily socialist message, uh -huh. have been very successful in 
well, I mean, to some extent, getting elected because they have gotten elected to to fairly high offices, right? Um, but also uh, in just getting their message out. So, why would this not work for libertarians? Well, I mean, in the case of Bernie Sanders, like, yeah, he talks a socialist mes- message, but he he knelt and kissed the ring of the establishment pretty fucking quickly in 16 and did it again this year. Uh, AOC is very much the same way. Like they talk a lot of shit, you know, like, Oh, the, you know, socialism, this or that. But when it comes time for the nut cut and guess who's going to prevail. And that is the DNC time. And again, if Bernie Sanders or AOC truly believe their message, they'd be in the green party, but they're not, you know, yes. they're not. AOC is, is no more of a socialist than anybody else. She's a socialist in the sense that like, Hey, she wants the taxes to be coming and paying her, paying her fucking bills, but she's taking money from corporations. They're all taking Mm. handouts, man. They're taking, taking money from the floor. Like they're, they're not principled. I was actually in the, here's, here's something I'm sure I'll get railed on for later on, but I've been pretty (laughs) open about this, but in, in 2016, man, I actually like Bernie Sanders. I was a Bernie Sanders Mm -hmm. supporter. I wasn't on board with all, the free shit for everybody thing. But just the fact that I was like, Hey, this guy is different. You know, this guy's like, he's, he's talking some different things than I've been hearing and he seems to really believe it. But whenever he literally, you know, bent the knee to Hillary Clinton on national television, it it shattered that illusion for me. You know? Yeah. So I think, uh, to the point, uh, one, uh, I don't think anyone is going to be mad at you for being uh, uh, a dumb fuck socialist in 2016. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think a lot of us had very different beliefs in 2016. Uh, I mean, I know I was uh, I was trending somewhat towards uh, democratic socialist as well, and so I, I did a semester in Utah uh, for for my study. Um, and this was the fall of 2016. So I was in like full election season. I was there, uh, and I just kind of hopped fully on the anti-Trump train. I'm like, well, you know, choose the lesser of two evils, go with Hillary, however awful it is. Uh, although I was also getting as mad that Americans don't vote third party. Yeah. Um, which I mean, Americans should be as mad about, but that's by design. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, well, let's not let's not open that can of worms because <laughs> then we'll he- be here for another uh, hour. But well, then I flipped over to to very pro Trump during roughly, I think, twenty seventeen. Uh huh. And then I don't know. I probably started doubting myself around twenty eighteen, and I think I started my podcast at the end of twenty nineteen. And became a libertarian, or, or yeah, well, roughly libertarian, anarchist, whatever, uh, around like the summer of 2019. Yeah. Um, and now I'm just an enlightened shit poster. So. <laughs> well, you you seem to be pretty successful at it, man. You've got a you've got a following. So, and I've listened to to your <laughs> podcast. I, I I appreciate your positions. So. Uh, you got me here. I, I guarantee I wouldn't uh, agree to do oh. this if I thought that it was going to be a shit show. So. <laughs> oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Um, I uh, so I mean, 
I think a lot of us had very different beliefs uh, four years ago. Um, and who knows? Maybe I'll be tanking in four years. Uh, yeah, who knows, man? That's that's kind of the thing is that if – so I, I, I'm also in the recovery community. So like I do – recovery stuff and all of that. And, uh, a lot, a lot of my drive and a lot of my positions comes from that as my core. That's my, that's, that's the core of my philosophy. And one of the things that I've learned throughout that journey is that when I, when I'm, when I'm ripe, I rot, but when I'm green, I grow. And what that means is as long as I always maintain the idea that I don't know everything there is to know, there's a really good chance I'm going to be able to learn that next lesson when it comes my way. And that Mm -hmm. doesn't just mean for recovery. That means life shit. That means political shit, you know? So, you know, we said, I said it a while back, you know, and I'll say it again. You just got through saying is that like, there's, there's things that I, I hold as true today that likely next year won't be that way. I, I will likely change exactly. my position on it. So, you know, it's a yes. refinement, right? Kind exactly. of refinement. Yeah. Yes. Uh, to deviate from the topic a bit, this has been on my mind somewhat recently, but I think our, our beliefs don't change in sense that i mean you've got your your like 14 year olds that have been ping-ponging across the fucking political spectrum that were like tankies and then ancaps and then uh, ancoms and then full-on fascists and then back again yeah um, but that's a different story i think there's a a point like around the time that you become an adult that you're you, you have your set of beliefs and you will refine those but fundamentally they will not change very much so fundamentally my beliefs haven't changed that much from four years ago when I was watching Sargon videos uh, by the tons you know yeah there's yeah um, so most of my positions still remain the same I, I'm free speech absolutist i think people that are uh that that can't make a living should be taken care of some way uh etc etc you know um so i i yeah in that sense i don't think our, our beliefs change very much uh except on some details uh and we get asked mad about some details because well i suppose we think they matter um which is arguably not the case. Uh, so fuck that. That's the end of the podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap it up, boys. It's time to go home. <laughs> I should just cut this down to like 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Team number Terrence to tell it. It doesn't fucking matter anyway. Good luck. <laughs> Boom. Roll credits. Roll exactly. credits. I love it. Um, but yeah. So the second point I was going to get at is, um, why I believe you're right that AOC and Bernie are unprincipled and they are what you would call not real socialists. Um, they are shifting the overtune window of the Democrat Party. Um, because the Democrat Party has noticed how successful uh, AOC's messages and how successful Bernie's messages. And even, of course, Bernie isn't going to to get elected to president because the the establishment, the cathedral, doesn't want them to. 
so they're going to force him out at some right. point. However, we see Bernie running in 2016. And then in 2020, we see uh, Elizabeth Warren coming pretty close with basically uh, a burning light message. Um, and by 2024, when AOC runs, I don't know if she's old enough by that time, but uh, well, she certainly, I mean, she should run as far as I'm concerned. Just, um, well, you know why. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but in reality, just to kind of like enhance on that, she would actually probably do semi-decent. You know, yes. she, yes. she, you know, just like the Trump derangement s- syndrome is very much so present on, on the left, uh, the, the own form of that, but for, you know, AOC is present on the right, you know? And yes. so it would be, uh, if nothing else entertaining to watch, you know, status heads explode. I would enjoy that very much. So. Yeah. I mean, I would also very much enjoy uh, AOC running literally just a few videos of her running up and down uh, <laughs> some tracks <laughs> yes. oh, fuck me I'm getting distracted Mochita's <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> over there pulling up the uh, the rooftop dancing video as we speak folks yeah <laughs> 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 That's great. Uh, fuck. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so back to the point. Uh, they, they do manage to shift the overtune window for the Democrat Party uh-huh. the same way that Ron Paul did for the Republican Party. So I wonder, um, even if you are going to get shut down uh, by, uh, well, by the brass inside the Republican or the Democrat Party, as a libertarian, would you not have more success running under an R or D banner with Liberty Message, even if you get shut down, because you will still reach more people? I, I think that here's here's where the differentiation occurs, is that mm-hmm. so while the tone uh, in that window has changed, uh, absolutely, you know, you do have people, you know, talking about you know, and adopting some of the principles supposedly that these candidates uh, spouse, there has been no real legislation to back it. So, you know, Ron Paul ran what fucking wars ended whenever he moved the window in, in the direction of liberty uh, as far as Republican yeah. candidates went. Zero. And the same can be said for, you know, the, the left. Like what real legislation has came out uh, against anything that, you know, uh, would support a socialist ideal. And, and that's none of them. It, it's the, both the Republicans and the Democrats, the underlying message and the underlying goal is to advance the size and scope of government period. Bottom line, fuck the little people. It's just, you know, keeping the machine running. Whereas here in Oklahoma, what we saw is that Chris did so well, and and I I, I can't 100% attribute it to it, but I, I would like to think that he actually had a, a hand to play in it, that whenever we had our new governor get elected, within months, we had constitutional carry became into law. And that's not something that he was 
actually campaigning on. He was not cam- campaigning on a constitutional carry uh, bill. Um, it, you know, so now I, I don't know, man. I, I think that from where I'm sitting, from what I can tell, as far as, you know, what's going to be more beneficial running that third party tends to show the duopoly that look, your words aren't enough. Like we need to see your fucking actions. Like if you've, mm-hmm. if you get into office and you behave a certain type of way, we're going to judge you on that. We're not going to judge you on the bullshit fluff speeches that you're giving during your campaign. Mm-hmm. And that's the important takeaway from having a third party is because we're actually costing them votes in the election. It's mm-hmm. not lip service. We're actually showing, you know, that, that the cream is actually coming to the top and we're not going to, yeah, sit there and, and, and play party to that. Yeah, I think, um, well, as far as I can, I'm concerned, at least all my questions have been answered. Um, I'm, I'm pretty clear on, uh, on most of this. Uh, and I think to the extent that, uh, that is relevant, it, my, my listeners also are. And otherwise, they'll just uh, fucking get after you and call you uh, a lightweight on Twitter. Um, <laughs> that's fine bring it i'll just block <laughs> you like a block crowdfunded government it's fine and you know it's i would much rather spend my time on there talking to people and having a good time than trying to play that high school bully bullshit but you know here's the oh, thing yeah. at the end of the day man um we all believe in liberty we all believe in a better future yes. for not only ourselves but for our for our children and our children's children mm-hmm. and i respect anarchists and um one of the things that i've i've heard here recently was from a uh, man in the national uh the libertarian national committee as uh, john phillips he was i don't know if you followed the run-up to the primaries and or you know the the national convention but kim ruff uh was running and john phillips was going to be her vice presidential candidate uh for the libertarian party but i i talked uh-huh. to john and i asked him you know what are you are you a minarchist or an anarchist and he said you know what do you mean does that mean today or tomorrow he said, because today I'm, I'm willing to be a minarchist, but tomorrow I'm an anarchist. And what he means by that is, is that the LP is a means to an end, hopefully. And it's just one method, mm-hmm. man. It's one method that we see as being beneficial as a, a means to actually doing something to stop the rampant growth and the rampant succession of this empire that continues to just trample our civil liberties, man, trample our rights. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's no, no, uh, I, I have yet to meet a, a libertarian who's involved that has any kind of nefarious means behind why they're supporting the LP. It actually comes from a place that that is pure and simple, wanting to see liber- liberty for all. Oh, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think any of my friends think this either or well, I mean, there's a few people that are Nick Sarwark Nick Sarwark is a piece of shit. Let's let's just go ahead and get that out there. That was the worst fucking thing that ever happened to the Libertarian Party. And I I don't know if it's available out there anywhere, but the Oklahoma Libertarian Party absolutely made enemies with the Nick Sarwark mm-hmm. camp. And we we were fighting against that, and uh, we voted for Joshua Smith in every single round oh, yeah. of balloting. So, you know, 
that um, actually makes me think of a, a question that I would like to hear your opinion on. It's a bit less generally related to the, the whole should you vote LP or, or Democrat Republican thing, but uh-huh. how, uh, because I think the Libertarian Party in that sense has a bit of a difficult problem because, I mean, at the the Dems and Reps, they, pre- they, they pretend like they basically represent the entire top left and top right, right. Uh, spectrum. However, realistically, they, they're just both um, smaller parts of, of the uh, authoritarian right quadrant. Right. Um, however, I would say that the Libertarian Party markets itself as roughly uh, the entire bottom quarter of the libertarian of, or of the uh, spectrum. Uh-huh. So you've got your your uh, lib right and lib left, and uh-huh. roughly halfway down is where I'd put the, the the rough border for like from here on out. You're roughly a minarchist, which I would say is roughly what the libertarian party presents right um, people who are roughly minarchists um but there are very different conceptions of of freedom and liberty on the the left and the right sides of uh the libertarian spectrum so it seems to me that it would be very hard to deal with this within one single political party. Have you yeah, experienced any of this? And, and how do you, uh, like, like what do you do with that? It's tough to navigate. I've absolutely experienced it. Um, and I, here's the thing, man, is I come and go on it. You know, some days I'm thinking bottom unity is, is a viable goal. Uh, other days I'm thinking like, dude, this is too many fucking people underneath the same umbrella. But ultimately, um, I, are you familiar with the Dallas Accord or have I you heard of it? Okay. No. This, the, back in the 1970s, the Dallas Accord is something that was drafted at one of the very first Libertarian National, uh, Libertarian Party National Conventions. And what it says is, is that the anarchist and the minarchist, we're just going to set aside the argument on what is the preferable long-term solution until such a time that it is actually relevant to what's happening currently. Meaning Mm -hmm. that our goal in the present sense is to eliminate the size and scope of this current government. And then we can battle it out on what the next steps forward are. And I tend to kind of reflect upon that and, and apply that to not just between the minarchists and anarchists, but also between the left and the right libertarians. And some days, you know, like, I'm like, Hey, yeah, this is possible. Other days I'm like, this is a fucking disaster. Um, because it is, it's two, two wildly different schools of thought who both believe that, you know, government should be vastly smaller, but you know, you also have them believing that, there's different roles applied to said government or mm. lack of government. So I, I think that if, if ever there was a opportunity that we could revisit the Dallas Accord and really put it front and center in the conversation, maybe we can formulate something similar and, and, and kind of move forward and find some unity because that's, what's going to be needed, man. 
Um, you got cops kicking in doors. You got DUI checkpoints ramping up. You got red flag laws happening. Uh, I mean, the state isn't stopping with lockstep precision. They are continuing to grow and continuing to kill us. So maybe we should put aside some of that bullshit for a little while and, and really look at what the immediate goal is. So that's my two cents on that bit. All right. That's, um, that sounds pretty good. Uh, and we are at exactly an hour right now and you have answered all of my questions. Um, right on. Do you have anything else you would like to add or you would like to ask me? Um, not really, man. I, I appreciate the opportunity to come on here. Um, I, I will reiterate that I am not the all knowing person of all knowing things. <laughs> I'm a concrete truck driver, man. I'm just doing the best I can with it. But, um, you know, if you run across me on Twitter and you got any questions or you want to talk, my DMS are open, even if you're, we're not following each other. So hit me up and holler. And I also have a podcast, the clean libertarian podcast, uh, on Twitter, I'm at LibertyDrew84 or at Clean underscore podcast. So come check me out. All right. Uh, yeah, I'd just like to add to that. If um, you did not like what uh, the Clean Libertarian had to say today, uh, go to his Twitter uh, and call him a pussy, a lightweight, yes. a featherweight, yes. uh-huh. uh, uh, an asshole, uh, especially not a real libertarian. Um, yes. I've already added him to the list. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, with that, uh, you can find me on Twitter under at Bolshito Paul. You can listen to my podcast where you're listening right now. I'm going to keep on my podcast.